1: And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about a hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. you can see the face is made for radio. Head over to Media.com and there are two videos on the top of the page. On the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday, so if you missed that, you can see that up until 3 p.m. Eastern, at which time it'll be live. And then on the right side is where we are. Just click on the play button right there and uh, blow it up on whatever device you've got. And then in the bottom right-hand corner, you'll see Rumble uh, icon. Just click on that, and you can join us in the chat over there on Rumble. We're also on uh, Rumble there. Uh Sons of Liberty Radio Live, that's where you want to subscribe on that page there. We're also on before it's news.com, the top of the page there, as well as DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, Twitch setting brush fires, and also if you have a Roku device, we're on Cutting Edge TV on Roku. So be sure to catch us on any of those outlets. But if you if you got your favorite place that you're on and you miss it, always come to Sons of dot com. Uh again, sometimes we have issues. <laughs> it's we're usually up right there. Uh, so you can catch us there. Also, while you're over at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, please sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, we don't rent your email, sell it, or spam it. One email from us a day, and then uh, that's all the articles that Bradley and I have, along with our contributors, at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And then <clears throat> if you want our weekly email, head over to SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, sign up for that. Uh, you'll get what the ministry's doing. You'll get Bradley's article for the week. And then you'll also get the special, which, by the way, You know, our store is available. Our special this week is for the children, the little book that Stephanie Dean did. And it's normally a donation of $10. This week you're getting 50% off with the promo code LIFE. So when you check out and you've got this book in there, if you've got 10 of them, if you want to give them away, that's fine too. You'll get 50% off when you use the promo code LIFE, L I F E, okay? And that's through Saturday at midnight. And then also, if you'd like to help us in what we do, whether it's on the internet, radio, or out among the people, there's a donate button at the top of of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Click that and make a one-time donation. Or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. That link is also at the top of the page. And uh, we appreciate your support, whether it's financial or prayerful, or whether you come in here every morning. I mean, some of you are faithful to be here every morning. We really appreciate it. It's such an encouragement to us. Kind of like the preacher, you know? Uh, The preacher comes, and he wants to preach to people. He wants to preach the truth to people. And so when people come, it's an encouragement to the preacher. You guys are an encouragement to us, and we appreciate you very much. Uh, Before we get to our guest this morning, and yes, it's a special guest. It's a surprise for you guys, okay? Uh, We've got some headlines here at sonslibertymedia.com. First of all, Senate Judiciary Vote on Ketanji Brown Jackson. Now, I'm telling you, after listening to this lady, you would think... There would be nobody that would vote for her that would want to appear as though they have any intellect at all, okay? Uh, but the top, there was a tie vote, 11 to 11 yesterday in the Senate Judiciary. Uh, just uh, It's absolutely incredible what we're seeing, that you can have people who can't define a woman, who can't tell you when life begins. I mean, these are things that are going to be a part of her rulings, aren't they? I mean, doesn't this lady know about women's suffrage? Hmm, how's she going to deal on that? What if we stopped all women from uh, voting? Would she know the difference? Just curious. Also, com. Freedom fighter Marjorie Taylor Greene, exposed again and again and again. This is by Bradley's latest, um, with her involvement with buying stock in Disney uh, after giving, you know, all this issue against pedophilia and this that and the other, yeah, check that out at of dot com. Also, wi fried the top ten things to know about wireless radiation. There is a video there, for, so you can check. Look, and the thing isn't to scare you. The thing is so that you know what you are dealing with, so you can prepare for it. And there are some, there are some solutions uh, for some of these things that are being rolled out as well. Also, the incoming tyranny of central bank digital currencies. Now, this is a, a short video on this cashless money that they're trying... Well, it isn't even really money. Um, that's kind of a deceptive term. But <clears throat> the means of what they call money, okay? This is by our friend Matt Trujella, a uh, video there that you want to check out at SunsLibertyMedia.com. Also, former CBS Health Watch reporter, this is John Rappaport, says there's evidence of infant murder in creation of fetal line cells, uh, fetal cell line used for COVID vaccine testing. And uh, you want to see the evidence that he has there, signsoflibertymedia.com. dot com. And then finally, uh, from our friend Suzanne Hamner, opposition to Florida's per- parents' bill of rights is warranted. And uh, yeah, you want to you want to check that out because whenever they're telling you they're doing something for you, you know your your parents' bill of rights, or we're doing this for you, or we're doing this for the children. You can make you can make sure that it isn't about any of that. It's about advancing their agenda, and this is the same thing. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Now we got a special guest this morning. I didn't tell you guys this was going on, but this uh, this probably will tell you a little bit about who it is. <laughs> Always love playing that music. Uh when well, we welcome
0: Bradley Dean to the show. Good morning, brother. Hey Tim, thanks for having me. You yes. know, I was just thinking when you were giving that intro there. The Bible's clear when it says that the flesh is weak, but the the spirit is willing. <laughs> yeah. Getting up at five o'clock in the morning. This has to be spirit led Romans eight fourteen. I'm guessing. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it?
1: Um, you know, I get up at five every morning. So, uh, <laughs> but for you, for you, no, it's-, it's four. It's not five. Yours is four, right? It was today. All right, so yes. you're you're five o'clock and we're going on. And I'm at six. So, but we're still getting up at that time. And it, yeah, it is something to to get yourself. But once you get used to it, it's not such a big deal. Um, okay, so here's here's what I did today. You know, we we both use the phrase that when God wants to judge a a nation, he gives them wicked rulers. And, um, you know, I've titled the show today, America's Greatest Enemy Can Also Be Her Greatest Ally. And at one time, America had God as her ally. And now, you know, it's not the Muslims that are our enemy, it's not the communists, it's not the Democrats, it's not even the Republicans. (laughs) It's God. We've made him our enemy by not following his law. And I want to just jump right into this and, um, uh, you know, point out that all throughout Scripture, and I've got several of my passages up here on the side, uh, but, you know, when Paul is speaking uh, to the church, one of the things he says is, he says, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? And God is always one who tells us the truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And one of the things that Paul does is he he constantly is telling the church the truth, and sometimes it's not a very pleasant thing to hear. But he's always excited when the church receives that truth, when they show forth fruits of repentance, and he can he can praise God because God did a work in them through that word of truth. And we can see all through the Old Testament and even into the New Testament— where God's people made themselves out to be the enemy. In in fact, sometimes he uses language, he calls them whores, he calls them adulteresses uh, and adulterers. Uh, He uses some very severe language to talk about how they've made him their enemy. And I want to kind of get on that. What do you see on the front with maybe some of the news that's out, uh, that some of it you've been talking about on the afternoon show, what do you see there where not only just the American people— but people around the world have made God their enemy instead of uh, drawing close to him as a dear friend.
0: Well, I, I think it's obvious. I think it shows you that. And I shouldn't say I think I, it's obvious as to who they're listening to. Um, when you listen to the organization or the agencies, such as the CIA, the FBI, at least as what it's become today in the mainstream media and their useful idiots, that's their objective. I mean, they have a revolutionary or a evolutionary to bring about a revolutionary idea to what government should be, because at the end of the day, that's exactly what it's going to bring forth. But if we're going to continuously give ear to the spirit of the world and to the minions of the world, and I put that up against John eight forty four, 44, of course, we're going to be made enemies with God if we take heed to those that are fueling that narrative. I mean, that's the very reason that I feed on the word of God all day and night, and morning, um, feeding on the bread of life. I know the difference. And the Bible's clear in Second 2 Timothy 2.15, that we're to study and show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's for us to know. And if we fail to know the word of God, well, we're going to be destroyed for the lack of knowledge, and we're going to give heed to just that as to what is destroying this country, Tim. And that's found in Hosea four six as well.
1: Yep, that's exactly right. I'm thinking of, you know, the uh, the text out of Second uh, uh, Samuel, uh, because some people will say, okay, well, you guys drive all this stuff, and you, you talk about all these bad things, and this, that, and the other, and there are a lot of bad things, and there are some good things too, and we bring those out as well. Uh, but I think about somebody like, um, like King David and the sins that he engaged in, and this was a guy that the Bible says was a man after God's own heart, and... Um, with that said, when we go over to Second Samuel chapter twelve, pull this up here a second. Um, you know, Nathan comes in and he confronts David. Why? Because he hates David? No, but because he loves him. And God sends Nathan because God loves David. And um, and David has done some wicked things. Uh, he's committed adultery with another man's wife. He has sought to put that man in danger so that he would be killed to cover up the fact that she was pregnant. And um, he thinks nobody knows about it except God. I mean, he obviously knows that. He talks about in the Psalms that his bones began to weaken, uh, his health was failing him, all this because of the weight of the guilt of his sin. And then Nathan comes to him, and he confronts him with a story that opens David's eyes to say, oh, Nathan knows. Nathan knows. And so the Bible says this in verse 13. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord hath also also hath put away thy sin. Blessed is the man, right, whose sin will not be imputed unto him. Thou shalt not die. Howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme the child, also that is born unto thee shall surely die. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to me. Here at this time um what's going on is is that David has in essence put himself as an enemy of God by doing what he's doing yet God is forgiving for those who are repentant. And so our message may seem harsh to people but there's always this silver lining of there's the mercy and the hope that is in the Lord Jesus whereby men can rectify that that status of of being the enemy of God and now become the friend of God even being brought into his family. And, uh, and I think that's really where we gear toward is, yeah, here's all the bad news, guys, but there's good news at the end. How many preachers are really giving the bad news to make people want uh, the repentance, want the reconciliation towards God that you hear today? Well, again,
0: Tim, it just comes down to the fact of what you're giving ear to. Um, really what repentance is, is meeting God on his terms and understanding that he's right and we're wrong. If if your life is so wonderful, and it's on the right track, and all the things that you're doing, and all the false gods that you're serving, well, then go on with your bad self, but do understand that the end of sin is death. And that's exactly what Jesus said. If you continue on in your sin, you're going to die in your sin. Matthew 6, or I'm sorry, Romans 6, 23 comes to my aid as well. But here's the thing, when we meet God on his terms, and we bring forth fruits of repentance, that's where we partake with the abundant life. Um, When you're saying what you're saying to him, I'm thinking of the field prophet, John Wesley of old in the 1700s, who said during one of his classes, he said, either people are going to get angry or they're going to get saved. Um, And he also preached 90% law, 10% grace. And when you look at the master, Jesus Christ himself, it's exactly what he preaches. And throughout the gospels, I mean, it's interesting to note how severe he is with his threatenings to those that continue on in their sin. And it's also interesting to note that those that give ear to him and follow him in the straight and narrow uh, also understand that through many trials and tribulations, we enter into the kingdom of heaven. One is grace. One is the flesh. Um, and the Bible is clear as well. In Deuteronomy 30, 19 has to choose this day as to whom you're going to serve. And I'm thinking of Joshua. But everything that we do is a choice. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that has set before you life and death, both blessing and cursings. Therefore, choose life. And life is not always the easiest track to go. But Jesus did say in Matthew 11:28. 28, that my burden is um, easy and it's light and easy. And the fact of the matter is we have to take him at his word and meet him because he knows best. We don't. That's why we agree to his will. That's why we bring fruits uh, brought forth to repentance, because that's how he's glorified. That's where there's life to him outside of that. There is none.
1: Yeah. Now let me ask you something. You you get people who will, and I see some of the chat sometimes and they'll kind of heckle you about some of these things that you're, you're, you're putting your finger on. And sometimes I get that. A lot of times I, I'm not seeing it if I'm doing monologue, obviously. But uh, but one of the things that that is always at the forefront of what you're doing is exposing the, the works of darkness, the evil that's going on there, and then providing the solution for it. And this is the one thing I think that people are starting to get a hold of in the country, and they're doing it at their local level. They're doing it at their county level mainly. And that's where they're seeing these victories. They're seeing victories in the, in the school boards. Um, they're seeing victory at their city and county councils and things of this nature over some things that some people probably would have considered trivial years ago. You know, a mass mandate or even a vaccine mandate, shot mandate, uh, any of this kind of stuff. They're starting to see some victory over that. And even in some cases, we saw the other week, a judge had removed five of these uh, school board members Uh, for their unlawful mass mandates. I mean, that's very Mm. encouraging. That is pushing back and saying, you know, we don't want uh, men to rule us. Yes, there's an authority, and I talked a little bit about that yesterday at 1 Corinthians 11. There's an authority that God has set up, a structure that he set up. But we don't want men lording it over us. That's not why they're putting an authority. They're putting an authority to uh, be those who are instrumental in punishing evildoers, not... Uh, you know, oppressing uh, the people that they're supposed to serve.
0: Well, again, it comes back to the fact that we, the people in this country, are the government under God. And again, those that serve we, the people, derive their just powers from the consent of we, the people. Uh, I'm thinking of something Albert Einstein said. He said the strength of the Constitution okay, lies entirely in the determination of each citizen to defend it, only if every single citizen feels duty-bound to do his share in this defense are the constitutional rights secure. And then I think of Scripture in right a way, and I think of James 2, uh, 14 through 26, where he says, uh, What does it profit, my brother, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? In other words, it all comes down to faith without works is dead. I'll show you my uh, faith by my works. And the fact of the matter is people have misplaced that and understanding that they expect because of the hirelings and the pulpits taught them so, John 10, 12, that God's going to do for them what they're unwilling to do for themselves. That's unscriptural stuff, folks. And common sense comes into my aid. And I'm thinking of Deuteronomy 4, 6 as well, where it says, keep therefore and do them his commandments and his judgments, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations which shall hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and an understanding people. We've lost much of that, Tim, because, again, the hirelings have taught the goats that they're supposed to just sit back and let God do for them what they're unwilling to do for themselves. It's just unscriptural. We have to get a hold of the word of God and understand that we are called to be about the work of the Lord's hands, uh, and putting our hands to the plow and not looking back to bring forth the fruits that God desires to bring forth. John Quincy Adams said, do all that you can do and leave the results up to God. Well, we have to do all that we can do and get in the fight, First Timothy 6.12, before we can see those results. Yeah, well, we see that
1: within our own <clears throat> our own country. We're seeing um, uh, some of the most bizarre stuff that I've—I I've, never thought I would see some of the things that I'm seeing now. Uh, we got this ball headed guy who 's i don 't know what he identifies as now um, wears dresses has a little goatee and walks men around in leather clad dog outfits and stuff like this and he 's being put up to, to be appointed we 've got a woman who can 't define what a woman is uh, yeah. gives leniency to pedophiles um, can 't tell you when life begins I, see I know to me i 'm sitting there kind of going, how are you going to judge things if you can 't even make simple definitions of, of you know some of these terms that you're being asked of, and yet we have a tie vote on her. We see these kinds of things going on. Are the people not, in essence, making themselves the enemy of God? Is what we talked about. Now, some of them may may get upset and they may go on social media and they post something and so, say, "Oh, this is ridiculous," and, it's, and it, But what are they doing to actually combat it? Uh, whether it's local or whether it's even those people who still are calling in and emailing to the feds and stuff how do you see that going? What what do the people need to do besides just be
0: disgusted at what they see? Well, whatever they need to do, that's between them yeah. and the Lord. I know what I have to do, and it's what I've been doing for 23 years. Um, and i got to tell you, uh, there's times where you feel like pulling your hair out of your head, trying to get people to understand that if they don't stand up and do the same thing, that the things that the Lord has commanded, uh, then you're going to be found as accomplices before God as those that are guilty of the crimes. If you give them a pass, you're an accomplice before God and before man as to the crimes that are being committed by the guilty. If you overlook the deeds of the wicked and you fail to stand in the gap, you are guilty as H-E double hockey sticks in the sight of God. I I guess I don't need to go there. I've never had to be spoken that way, even by the spirit of God. I, I truly understand through common sense as to what needs to be done. And what the American people need to do is side with the law and be the strength of the law and deal with the criminals. I am so sick and tired of hearing about all the bad. I am sick and tired of bringing the bad news to the people every single day of the week. But, folks, here's the good news. You still have the freedom to right the wrongs. And if you fail to take the opportunity, given the freedoms that you have, in writing the wrongs, then you deserve exactly what you get. Tim. That's scriptural. That is why we give the message of repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We need to lay the axe to the root of the tree and quit dealing with the branches on the tree. And if 350 million people would understand that the power is in their hand, the less uh, less than 1.7% of the population wouldn't have a leg to stand on. There's absolutely no excuse as to why America is where America is today, outside of the fact that we've disobeyed God, and now we are clearly, without a shadow of a doubt, under the judgments of God. And if you're on the side of the Lord, rightfully so, say we, rightfully so.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I want to take you over to a passage out of Micah, Micah chapter 2, And let's look at that because I think I see some parallels to what we have going on here in the States. He says, Woe to them that devise iniquity and work evil upon their beds. When the morning is light, they practice it because it is in the power of their hand and they covet fields and take them by violence and houses and take them away. So they oppress a man in his house, even a man in his heritage. We're seeing that we're seeing this stuff on a daily basis here in the United States. Therefore, Thus says the Lord, Behold, against this family do I devise an evil from which ye shall not remove your necks, neither shall ye go haughtily, for this time is evil. In that day shall one take up a parable against you and lament with a doleful lamentation and say, We but utterly spoiled. He hath changed the portion of my people. How hath he removed it from me? Turning away, he hath divided our fields. Therefore... Thou shalt have none that shall cast a cord by the lot in the congregation of the Lord. Prophesy ye not? Say they to them that prophesy. They shall not prophesy to them that they shall not take shame. O thou that art named the house of Jacob, is the spirit of the Lord straightened? Are these his doings? Do not my words do good to him that walketh uprightly? Amen. Even of late my people is risen up as an enemy. Ye pull off the robe with the garment from them that pass by securely as men adverse from war. The women of my people have ye cast out from their pleasant houses. From their children have ye taken away my glory forever. Arise ye and depart, for this is not your rest, because it is polluted. It shall destroy you, even with a sore Destruction. If a man walking in the spirit and falsehood do lie, saying, "I will prophesy unto thee of wine and of strong drink," he shall even be the prophet of this people. Yep. I mean, that's yep. that's pretty damning to the people that God is speaking to, saying, "Hey, you guys are so far from me; you don't even know what I've said." Yep. I, I mean, and and there's 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 this warning of impending judgment that's coming all along. And it's from the Lord. It's not from the devil. Some people That's think right. anything negative or bad is from the devil. Nope. Sometimes it's from God. <laughs> I mean, he says so. I'm going to point the evil, right? And I don't think people get that, Bradley. I think, and I hear them talk about it all the time. And when you talk about them, that God is sovereign, is there a calamity? Is there evil in the city? Have I not done it? They yeah. want to go, no, 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 that's the devil doing that. God doesn't bring about yeah. these kinds of things. God is just loving and unicorns and rainbows and all this
0: other stuff. You've yeah. got the wrong God,
1: folks. You, you really do.
0: That's right. And, and, and again, the Lord starts out with chastisements. If they don't want to listen to the chastisements, then he'll bring judgments. And then when the judgments come upon them, they wish that they would have taken heed to the chastisements, uh, when they had time to do so, but now fail to understand that when his judgments are upon them, they are going all the way through. There is no turning back at that particular point. Judgment will commence, and he'll purge his people. And I'm thinking of Isaiah 11, verse 4 as well. But also Micah 3, 5, Tim, when you jump up to Micah 3, 5, it talks about the false prophets speaking forth um, in making war uh, through the people against God, and it's exactly uh, a good way to look at that is the conservative talking heads of the day today. What do they do? They continuously drive the narrative that the mainstream media gives them. They never bring about the resolve, but yet the people feed on their lies all day. The one thing that we do different here at the Sons of Liberty Radio.com is what we've always done. We've always given the people the answer, but here's the thing, the people don't want the answers because they know that if we give them the answers, the answer is always found in what they do with the truth that's been given to them, and they want someone else to do uh, the work for them rather than themselves. And therein truly lies the problem in America. The American people have been conditioned that someone else will take care of it for them, when in fact the people that are taking care for them right now are not the people that you want them taking care of anything for them.
1: Well, that's exactly right. I mean, <clears throat> again, we see this woman being put up to the Supreme Court. Who would want that woman as their judge?
0: Well, I think it's very re- it's very reflective of the government that the American people tolerate. And you started the show off talking about John Calvin and appointing wicked rulers over the people. Well, the people would have it so. To sit there and acknowledge a Joe Biden who's guilty of treason, disgraceful Joe, and I'm thinking of Article 3, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution and Luke 22, 48, uh, how Judas sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver— this is exactly what the guy in the people's White House is doing. And the people all the well know that he's corrupt, he's guilty of treason, everything about him is untrue. He's installed. He's not there by the vote of the people, but the people allow him to remain. And as I said on the show the other day, Tim, isn't it interesting that for every day the American people allow that devil to remain in the People's White House, they're giving him a green light to go ahead and destroy and to take another shot at our God-given freedoms on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, and that's the interesting thing. You know, we get the quote-unquote good guys, and you were highlighting uh, uh, the lady out of Georgia uh, the other day. And we get the good guys. Now, she did bring articles of impeachment. Nobody would get behind it. Um, And I think this is part of the problem is these – the, the 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 quote unquote good guys think oh we can't be too harsh we can play the we can play the WWE match we can talk tough we got a big bark but when it comes to biting oh we got to be careful with that we got to defang ourselves we got to take our teeth out and not use them and I think that's problematic because again that's that's their duty Romans thirteen one to five they're to be those who are to be the ministers of God and you know we've gotten away from that too. Um, and I do think part of that is, you know, we have in our Constitution no religious test oath and stuff. And I know they were in the States. They, they did have that. But we've gotten away from that to the point now where we're we're appointing Muslims, we're appointing people who are self-professed atheists, which there is no such thing. Read Romans chapter 1. Um, agnostics and all of this other stuff, all kinds of people of different faiths or whatever, or lack of there, thereof, All these kind of people are getting in there and being the, quote-unquote, representative of the people. And again, I see this as part of God's judgments out of Deuteronomy 21, where the foreigner comes in, and they become the head, and you become the tail. They become the lender, and you become the borrower. All of this is is just mounting up against us. We're storing up judgment for the day of judgment, unless we repent.
0: Well, we are. And here's the thing. Here's the problem, Tim. It's the young people that are going to have to pay the price for what the old people have tolerated. Uh, again, John Wesley said, what one generation tolerates, the next generation will embrace. It's not the fault of the younger generation as to what they have to deal with. It's the fault of the older. And it bothers me greatly because I see this all over the country. But I do want to say this. If you remember it, because he said something about a religious test. It's interesting that when we were yeah. in Williamsburg, Virginia, we were taught by historians uh, these, these um these reenactment actors that when the established government during the beginning, after the revolutionary war, or should I say the war of independence was established ecclesiastical law, Canon law. I don't suspect that our founders ever suspected in any sense of the word that their posterity would leave the God that gave them such a gift as to what they have today. And I'm talking about their freedoms uh psalm 33 verse 12 2nd corinthians 3 317 check them out viewers um and i believe that's one of the reasons there was no religious test because it was a given we are a christian nation nobody can get away from that even today and then going forward talking about how all these foreigners are now being installed into american government that's another sign of judgment deuteronomy 28 43 it's exactly that. And then I think of Judges 5.8, where the Lord says, where well, there's other gods within the gate, there's going to be war. There's no way that we're going to get away from the fact that there is going to be another war within the borders of the United States of America if the people do not take in hand their governments. And the fact of the matter is they've been given enough information for decades concerning the corruption of what they call government in this country. And if the people don't want to deal with the reflection that they're complaining about, well, they're going to get more of it. But there does come a point with the things of the living God where he says no more. There comes a point where there's a plumb line where the Lord says, I'm not going to pass by this anymore. If you don't listen to me this time, you're done. People don't understand that he is a judge, and he is a holy, righteous judge, first and foremost. But we also have to understand that he's a merciful God, and the Lord's been very merciful to give us the information in dealing with the wrongs for decades that the American people have failed to leave off. So at the end of the day, it's not the Lord to blame, it's ourselves to blame if we don't take heed to his word. Well, that's, that's right. That's right. I, you know, I'm thinking of
1: uh, this passage out of Nahum chapter 1, where it says God is a jealous God, uh, and he's the one who revengeth. Uh, let me read this section here, because I, I do think this applies to some of the things that we're dealing with. And he says, "...the Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserveth wrath for his enemies." The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked." the Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea and maketh it dry and drieth up all the rivers, Bashan languisheth and Carmel, the flower of Lebanon languisheth. The mountains quake at him and the hills, I mean, the, the creation does things that even men won't do. Men made in his image, they won't tremble, they won't quake, they won't bow before him. Uh, and the earth is burned at his presence, yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before him? for his indignation, and who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good, though, right? A stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Now, that's this is something, too. We got a lot of people who take the name of the Lord, their God, in vain. The third commandment, they violate that. They say, I'm a Christian, and then they go out and behave like they're a devil. Um, and, but they'll show up at church. Um, so you, you've got these people, this is, this is pretty rampant within the United States. And I'm sure it is in some other parts of the world as well, but in the United States, we have this going on and they say, Oh, I'm safe because I'm in the Lord. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Um, how do you know that? How is that demonstrated? Well, a guy told me I prayed a prayer and asked Jesus in my heart, or you know, yeah. I, I got baptized, or I'm I'm, a, I'm a constantly attending this church, or whatever the case may be. Well, what is the fruit of the life? Is it see? I always talk about the trage- What's the trajectory of your life? Is it going in the way of the world, or is it going in the way that God has said? And yeah. it may not be. It may not be totally right on at the moment, but it's at least going in that direction. Uh, As Pilgrim's Progress used to say, do you see that light over there, uh, Christian? And he says, yeah, I see the light. Well, then go in that direction. You know, that's the the direction you need to go. These people aren't doing that at all, and they think they're the friend of God when they've really become his enemy. Uh, Our message to them is the same as it is to those who are outside the church, and that is, you know, you're in need of repentance, too. You're you're in need to call to repentance, too, and, and to turn to God and be reconciled unto him as well.
0: Hey Tim, yeah. I, I I can't tell you how many people I have met. And this is not an embellishment. This is not an exaggeration. I'm not bolstering my claim. But how many people I have seen that profess to be Christians? And I'm talking about pastors, church overseers, talking about going up the chain in the hierarchy, and seeing the way they talk and what they talk about. You can tell exactly where their mind is because it comes out of their wicked hearts. It's their conversation. You know, my prayer is that our conversation becometh the gospel of Jesus Christ, period. Philippians one twenty seven. My conversation, I want it to be led to be talking and speaking to the things of the Spirit of God always, not once in a while. But I'll tell you what, King David prayed, I'm a companion of all them that fear the Lord. And of them that keep thy precepts, those are the ones that are super hard to find. And when you find them, you don't want to let them go. And oftentimes when you get in the circle of those people, all of a sudden you start seeing their conversation and it's corrupt and it's corrupt because of what their mind is on. It reminds me, Tim, viewers, listeners of that of the Modi, who said, we're not responsible for the birds that fly overhead but we are if we allow them to nest in our hair concerning our thoughts. Because I'll tell you what, it, it, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak is, what we think on is going to come out of our mouth sooner or later. And again, for me, I, I've been let down a million and a half times concerning people that call themselves Christians. And it's the furthest thing from the truth. But they've con, 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 uh, they, they've deceived themselves into believing that they belong to God when their hearts and their mouths don't line up with their profession. And I'm not talking about metaphysics. I'm talking about common Christianity. I'm thinking about Ephesians 4.29, James 1.26, and Colossians 3.8. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's carnal garbage what I see coming out of the mouths of many of these people that profess to be Christians and have deceived themselves into believing that they're saved when, in fact, they're not.
1: Yeah, in fact, you you see it in the practice that they do. We talked about our orthodoxy leads to orthopraxy. Uh, Our sound doctrine leads to sound living. And so, and I think uh, Titus, uh, Paul says that in Titus when he says in chapter 2, he says the older men are to do this, the the older women are to do this, the younger women are to do this, the young men are to do this, that are in line with sound doctrine. And a lot of times that's what we've seen. We've not seen sound doctrine coming out of the churches, so why should we be surprised When, you know, the practice of the church, the professed church, has been what they've been taught, which is not really, I mean, some guy may get up there and read a Bible verse, uh, but this is one of the things that, this is why when I read a passage, I often like to go and just read the context, because there's that missing, because men pull out the scripture, they pull out a text or a couple of verses, and they say, well, this is what this means to me. Yeah. Well, nobody cares about that. Well, I mean, I don't care about that. Uh, I, I want to hear what did God mean when he said what he meant, yeah. and then let the Spirit of God apply that in my heart. Because I'll tell you what, he will put the finger on what it is in your heart yeah. that he's talking about, and that's the application of the real interpretation. That's what I loved about you know, uh, Calvin especially was this expository kind of teaching that went through, and it said, don't pull God's words out you know, out and then stick words in his mouth that he didn't say or intentions he didn't mean. And there's too many who are doing that today, Bradley. I I don't know if that gets on your nerves. It gets on my nerves big time when I hear people doing that.
0: Yeah, they don't see the thought through, through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost when Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament when it comes to the New Testament. They don't see it through. They cherry pick. Um, And then what they do is they pick a scripture out, and what they, they like to do is they like to deconstruct what it really means, and they want to give their interpretation. And nine times out of ten, when man gives his interpretation, it's without the cross. And therein lies the problem right there. They're enemies of the cross of Jesus Christ. They don't deny themselves. They make the word of God out to be applicable to what adds to their carnal lives, rather than to God's call through their lives in Christ Jesus. I see it all the time. Tim, another thing that I see across the boards, too, are those big ministries that are now, in many cases, using Scripture to add to what the man of God in their particular denomination has to say. It's funny how many times you'll go into some of these denominations, um, and they'll say, well, The Lord told so and so. The Lord told so and so. But wait a second. How does that line to scripture? Is the cross there? Is the life of the Spirit there? Is there a trial? Is there a testing with that word? Because if not, I can tell you right now, it's not the Spirit of God. And you can go to the book of Timothy, and it talks about the fight that's given when you're given the word of prophecy. So it's getting to the point now in the churches, and it's been there for a long time, where people will take the word of the man of God at the pulpit, and they have no care for what the Scripture says. As a matter of fact, they'll remove the Scripture, and they'll take the man of God over Scripture, and there is another way to dig the hole that we're all going to fall in if we don't get back to Sound Doctrine.
1: Yep, that's exactly right. I got an example of that. You know, the church we're going to right now is just around the corner here, uh, has been here since before the uh, War for Independence, has spawned off, I don't know, 22 churches in the area, both in South and North Carolina. And the church that's directly right on our property line here uh, is more, how shall you say, liberal. I don't even know if that's a good word to use. They're, they're becoming more and more apostate is what they are. And I remember we had to go because it had snowed so bad that we couldn't get out of the driveway. So we took the family and just walked through the woods here and went to the church and we got in, and they had a, a preacher there who was filling in for the pastor. And this guy reads the story where Mary and Joseph uh, have to go down into Egypt and take Jesus down there, you know, because Herod's seeking him out. And he, Joseph has this dream, and he reads the passage— Closes up his Bible, sticks it under the pulpit, and I'm sitting here thinking, oh, no, we're in for it here. I already knew there was a problem because when I opened up their bulletin, they had women deacons. But uh, he did this, and then he starts talking about dreams. Seriously, he starts talking about dreams and things. And I'm sitting there going, okay, surely you're going to get back—I mean— Forgive me here. It's a Presbyterian church. I'm thinking, you're going to be talking about the scriptures, right? I mean, isn't that what Calvin... I mean, that's that line of denomination, if you will, that came from Calvin. Aren't you guys going to get back to this? Guy never got back to it at all. And so when we got ready to leave, people said, hey, we really enjoyed having your family here and blah, blah, You know, my wife, I forget which kid we had at that time. She had to take them out to, to nurse. But they said, we hope you'll come back. And I said, I don't think we'll be back. And they go, oh, why? And I said, because... I'm not here to hear hear some guy's thoughts on dreams and stuff. I said, I'm here to hear the word of God. I bring my family in here to hear the word of God, not the word of, of some guy what's off the top of his head. And they go, Well, our pastor, he, he'll be back next time. He's not like that. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. This is your pastor's pulpit. It's a sacred place. Pastors guard that. They guard that I mean our church guards it big time. They have, you know, an entire session that protects that pulpit with the with the pastor. And I, I, it's, it's amazing to me. I said, if your pastor will put a man who will talk like that in the pulpit, it makes me question whether or not
0: I want to listen to your pastor, too. Yeah, Tim, I had uh, right after September, I'm sorry, after uh, April 20th, 1999, I had a bunch of people come in from Columbine. They created a ministry uh, after the assassination of all those kids in Columbine, Colorado, uh, concerning Eric Harrison, Dylan Klebold shooting up the school. Um, and what was interesting is I, they had called me up, asked me, because they knew I was doing high school assemblies, if they could come in and actually share their ministry. And, and they did, and I let them do it. And it was probably 10, 15 minutes into it, I was smoking. I, I bet every part of my body was red from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I got up there, and I broke down how backwards that guy's gospel, his uh, interpretation of Scripture was. And I was a baby Christian, but I still knew enough to stick to the Word. And if I can stick to the Word, I'm always going to be safe. And and that's that's something, too, Tim. Every once in a while on the show, I'll say, listen, you, you follow this ministry as we follow Christ, as we're to follow Paul as he follows Christ in 1 Corinthians 11.1 if we fail to do that, you leave us. This isn't about Tim and Bradley. This is about Jesus Christ and him being glorified. That's right. And the only thing that we can talk about in this ministry, Tim, is what the Lord has done through us. That is the gift of prophecy. And that's exactly what we're going to hold to. Remember, Paul said, I dare not speak of those things that Christ has not done through me. Therefore, it's always safe to stick to the word until he has, and then we can talk about the gift of prophecies, but we still have to line that up to the word, and if we fail to do it, we're going to get in trouble, and that's exactly why the church in America is in trouble today. Look what they've accepted. They've accepted homosexuality. They've accept- they're have they helping the illegals into America. They're the greatest advocate to the homosexual agenda. Folks, that's a lack of Christianity, and nobody rebukes hypocrites more than christ jesus himself that's why he was crucified let's stick to the word and we'll always be safe amen, amen. hallelujah that's
1: no that's exactly right that's exactly right and what do man ha- have to say i mean we've talked about uh who is the guy that we had um i think you had him on the show um about a year or so ago he was talking about russia and and um, china coming into america uh Co- coverstone coverdale coverdale Dana Oh, Coverstone. yeah, Dana
0: Coverstone. So
1: we have this guy saying this, and look, there's yeah. things that, and I told you, there's things that resonate with me in what he's saying. Yeah. But I go, boy, he's kind of bold saying, okay, here's a time frame for that. Uh, yep. So I was always a little standoffish about it. We, we did put some things out about that he's saying it because we need to hold him accountable to that. Now this guy has already proven himself to be a false prophet. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's make no moans about it, guys. And, and Bradley, you'll you affirm this when when we first started working on the website, and you and I were down in uh, in Georgia, and we were talking about these kinds of things. I said somebody can say, "Well, God told me this, and this is going to happen." And I go, "Okay, you need before you tell me, you need to be careful because if you say something and it ain't true, I don't care how much of the best friends we are, I don't play with that stuff. You get cut off right quick about stuff like that. And yeah, this saying? guy
0: did that. This guy did yeah. that." Oh, he did. I've I've seen, um, listen, there is, I think we need to be clear about this, and and I'm glad this is coming up. There is still apostolic people. There still is prophetic people. First Corinthians 12, 28, first the apostle, then the prophet, then the teacher. There is God's order to establish and to work uh, at the head of the church to establish. And I've seen the real prophets I've seen real prophets give timelines where they've been right on the money. But I've seen 98% through my experience over the last 23 years of false prophets giving words. When someone claims to be hearing from God and they put it on a timeline, it's a perfect test to see if they're the real deal. When we brought Dana up on the radio program, he put it on a timeline. And I thought, you know what? You're exactly right. Everything was resonating. And when he put it on a timeline, I thought, well, this will be good because we got about six months to see if these things come to pass. Well, the six months come up every, by the way, nine out of 10 people could have predicted the same thing a different way and have said the same thing. But here after six months and the deadline came, he was done. He was called just like Mark Taylor. He's a false prophet. You can pick and choose. You can guess your thoughts. You can say, well, the Lord said this. Well, it's it's 50-50 that you're right. It's always going to be that way. But when you get into great specificity the way that Dana did and that deadline came, boy, oh, boy, did he show himself to be exactly what he is. And that is a carnal man. And I guess he continuously does it uh, today. Um, I'll never have him on the radio program. I'll never have him on the TV program ever again. Uh, Because he is a false prophet, and for him to turn around and say it's still from the Lord, that at that point, he's now calling God a liar, because he didn't meet the deadline that Dana said that God told him. God's not a man that he should lie. Dana's a liar. God is not. That's we right. we need to be aware of such people. That's
1: right. And God warns us about that. Deuteronomy chapter 13 is a is a clear example. Why are there false prophets among you? You say, why does God do that? Why, why is he doing these kinds of things? He says, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder come to pass, not that it doesn't come to pass, but he says, if it comes to pass, where have he spake unto thee, saying, let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them, thou shalt... Not hearken unto the words of that prophet or the dreamer of dreams. Why? Because the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So you say, well, why is the false prophet among us? It's to see whether you're real or not. It's to see whether you love God and his word or you're going to love man. And I'll tell you, boy, the the presidency... I know some people are going to get all irritated with me, that the presidency of Donald Trump, if that hasn't proved this yeah. to be that, I don't know what has. And I, the American church, as far as I'm concerned, failed that test miserably. And yeah. and the Bible says this, it continues on in that, You shall walk after the Lord your God, fear him, keep his commandments, obey his voice, and you shall serve him and cleave unto him, and that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death. Now, that's yeah. a pretty serious thing. You don't hear a lot of Christians talking about a death penalty. Certainly not for a guy who's just led all kinds of people astray. But yet, this is what God said. I I just read it to you guys. This is You want to
0: hear from God? That's yeah. what he said, not me. Yeah, Tim, isn't it interesting that people will still go back to those people? Same thing with Mark Taylor. Oh, they are. I, I would have done, and giving hey, them hey, listen, buku money. I would have done anything to have Mark Taylor on the show. And and we tried reaching out to that guy. He was playing the rock star. He had a booking agent. He would be on all these different shows that have a third of the followers that we have on this show, because he knew all the well that both of us knew the word of God. And they avoid that. And uh, it's interesting in many cases as well, even going back to Dana Coverstone, People will still listen to this guy, and, and he already failed the test. But they'd rather give ear to someone that deceived them rather than to the God that won't lie to them. And uh, that's a dangerous place to put yourself. Yeah, but I was going to make it. Bradley, hang, 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 make a hang on,
1: hang, hang on to your okay. point. There, we got about twenty seconds here. You want to tell people where they can find out more about you, and then yep, we'll Sons hold of you liberty
0: over. Radio dot com, dot com. Uh, Tim always tells you where to go. So we're good. I'm giving you <laughs> opportunity joke, to do it. <laughs> uh, but we listen <laughs> two to three Central Standard Time Monday through Friday. Saturdays two to four.
1: All right. Okay, yeah, and you can catch Bradley today at 3 p.m. Eastern. But, hey, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to finish up with the conversation that Bradley and I are having, head over yeah. to sonsoflobertymedia.com, top of the page there, before it's news, any of the other outlets that we're on, and we appreciate your support. We'll see you tomorrow for Rotten the Core Wednesday with the Common Core Diva, Lynn Taylor. Adios. Okay, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And, Bradley, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the time was there, so go ahead and continue wow. with your thought there.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, isn't it interesting when you listen to uh, uh, going back, um, I gave uh, Dana Coverstone the benefit of the doubt once. um, And the fact of the matter is, I think I had him on a second time. And it was just like, okay, well, he's on this clock. And I, and I, I told people, just put it up on the shelf. You don't have to take it as the word of the Lord. Let's see what happens in December. December came around. And and I want to tell you why I was to the point where I just put it up there and I didn't even really think about some of the stuff that he was saying, although everybody could feel it. The world felt it. The heathen felt it. They knew something was wrong. Something was going on and something was coming. Well, everybody was right. It's interesting. Dana never uses the word of God. It's interesting. False prophets never make reference to the word of God, do they? They make reference to their dreams and to their visions yep, out of their right. own wicked hearts, and yep. that's exactly the fruit that they produce. And again, when they don't use the word of God to back up what it is that they're saying, you gotta watch out. And that's one of the things that I praise God for in this ministry, Tim. Is I am not. I, I study the Word, and and in the process of doing that. When I look at what's going on in real life, the Word of God applies to everything, every aspect of our lives. And what's so cool about the gifting here is I'm not thinking in my mind about what I'm going to say when it comes to the Word of God, unless the Lord has something for me to say in particular. But even having this conversation now over the last hour, I've made reference to the Word of God 15 different times and the holy ghost just quickens me to the word concerning the topic that i'm covering that's what's so cool about this ministry he backs it up with the word and we got to hold to that because the apostles and the prophets are always a sure foundation and the bible's clear in isaiah 820 just like that just like that, Isaiah eight twenty tells us if they speak not according to the law and to the testimony. It's because there's no light in them, that's right. and we need to be careful of that.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm thinking of Jeremiah. You know, this is one of uh, this is one of those passages. This very sobering. Uh, Jeremiah 23, listen to what he has to say. I've heard what the prophets said, that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own hearts, which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, yeah. which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. And then he says this, The prophet that, and I said this when we put out the stuff on Dana, the prophet that hath a dream, yeah, go ahead and tell your dream. But he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. For what is the chaff to the wheat? See, the the chaff is is the false prophet's dreams. The wheat is the word of God, saith the Lord. Is not my word like a fire? Well, is it? Yes, it is, saith the Lord. And like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Well, is it like a hammer? Oh, no, Tim, it's like a nice uh, warm blanket I pull up on me. No, it's a fire, it's a hammer. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets saith yep. the Lord, that steal my words, everyone from his neighbor. Behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use your tongues and say, he saith. So when we get these guys, and this happens, this happened in, um, in the first century. You know, Jesus said, look, this generation is going to experience these kinds of things. The judgment is going to be fall Jerusalem. It's going to be really bad, such as never has been in the history of man. And uh, what, are the, what are the people doing on the false prophets doing on the last day? before the armies of Rome siege Jerusalem. They're up saying, the Messiah is coming. He's going to protect us. He's going to save us. They're up there telling the people what they want to hear rather than the truth. And as such, you see whether the people went with what the the false prophets were saying or they went with what Jesus said and got the heck out of Dodge. They got out of the city and were spared, and so I think that's the, that's the point going back to Deuteronomy, what I read a minute ago. Do we love God and adhere to his word? Or do we love man and personalities and friendships and stuff? And, and anybody will tell you, Bradley will tell you, look, I like getting along with people. Paul says, as much as, with, as you know, with you, live at peace with all men. Everybody wants to get along. Everybody wants to do the Rodney King thing. But the fact of the matter is, do we show love for God? Or do we show love for man? And if we if we if idolat if we've made an idol out of man, we're going to show uh, that love for our idol more than we are a man. And again, I go back to this past administration. Boy, you see the love of man, you see okay. the idolatry that's there, and the lack of love for God uh, in assuming that man, one man, who has a life of, let's just put it this way, wickedness. Uh, you you have that. You have a character that's been built over that time. People will follow that, call it Christianity, even though he's rejected that. He's done what what Peter says. He says, oh, Lord, be it far from you to go to the cross and get behind me, Satan. I mean, he didn't—Jesus yeah. didn't say, oh, Peter, you're my friend. Look, let, let me have a little correction here. No, he says, get behind me. You, you've got it. You're thinking about the things of man, not the things of the Spirit of God.
0: Yeah, Tim, also keep in mind, adding to Donald Trump— Uh, And we warned of this. I warned of this uh, concerning the offset of his criminal administration. Uh, He's been groomed for 30 years. He's been put in a favorable light. Uh, He's been married and divorced how many different times he's been uh, uh, called out for his crimes against young women. Uh, His relationship with Epstein, the list goes on. The man doesn't know how to tell the truth. There was conversations that were released of Donald Trump before he became the president of the United States, where his conversation was so filthy. I've been in the rock and roll world for a long time before I got saved, and I never even heard anybody talk the way that Donald Trump talked in the rock and roll scene. That's how vile of a man he is, yet the evangelicals are the one that put him in power. And it's also interesting to note that we had firsthand information. Uh, We had a friend on the evangelical board named Bishop Harry Jackson. And we were told that during the time that Donald Trump was the president, the evangelicals would sit there when it was their opportunity to talk, and they weren't magnifying Jesus Christ. They were magnifying Donald Trump. That's right. It, now and let me you ask you, was was Bishop Jackson ahead. was Bishop Jackson on board with that or was he calling it out? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, yeah, that's a different conversation, Sam, but absolutely not. He, he's one guy that where he knew to stand, he would stand against it. He wouldn't go along with it. But again, if you look at the majority of the people that support Donald Trump, they profess to be Christians. But if you ask them the word of God, they can't make scripture or uh, reference to scripture. But they'll, they'll tell you all about Donald yep. and all yep. the politics and the games that Donald has played. Yep. They know his gospel. But they don't know Jesus' gospel. And well, if that doesn't tell you and give you the definition of uh idolatry, nothing will.
1: Well I was gonna say that they're they're parroting their idol because when he was asked what's your favorite Bible verse, first he didn't have one. Then he had something that wasn't even in scripture. And and, and but you know, that's kind of secondary to me from a guy who says, I've never repented. Here's a guy who's almost yeah. seventy years old. He's been in a church or at least attends a church, which you know was led by a guy who promoted neurolinguistic programming. now they have sodomites and lesbians teaching their Sunday school and stuff so if, if you want to call that a church, it is an assembly uh, it's a I would say it's a synagogue of Satan, so to speak but uh this is this is what's been brought up, and the question is how many people have loved Donald Trump enough to do what you talk about uh, Bishop Harry Jackson doing and saying, "Well, wait a minute, this is yeah. not biblical this needs you need to stop this stuff I mean how many people?" Even not just Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Bill Clinton, whoever's been in office, how many godly men have actually, you know, loved them enough to take them aside and say, wait a minute, I know you have all this authority and stuff that's given to you by God, but you're way off the mark here. Here's what scripture says. And you need to lead the people in this manner because God's either going to bless or curse our nation in the
0: way that you're leading them. Yeah. Well, Tim, there you have it. Um, open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Give me the opportunity. Give me um, half of the opportunity to say it to every single one of them. I wouldn't even hesitate to say it. I have no fear of them, no fear of man, which brings about a snare. Again, as Bonhoeffer said, if we fear the face of God, we don't fear the face of man. That's right. Yeah, but where is the love? The love isn't to just go along with them. Like Martin Luther said, my love does not tolerate false doctrine. That's exactly right, because God is love, and everything that Jesus preaches and preached incarnate was love, because He was God incarnate. And if we're Christians, we're going to do the same exact thing. We're called to follow Him. We're not called to follow man.
1: That's right. I'm thinking of you know some things here uh, as we're going to get ready and wrap up things, uh, but I, I think of um, two particular passages. Because we do have victory. We, we we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so, you know, while there are a lot of people who say, oh, there's nothing we can do about it. You know, I was, inter- I was interacting with a guy on uh, Telegram, and he goes, oh, you know, it's written down. It's going to happen, this, that, and the other. Yeah. Well, I have no problem understanding that God has said certain things are going to happen. I have no problem with that. But the fact of the matter is he hasn't told me to live my life as a defeatist. And saying, it's just all going to, you know, it, the most you're polishing the brass on a sinking ship nonsense. No, that's not what it says. In fact, it says the exact opposite. We go to Hebrews uh, chapter 1. One of the things we see there is, but to which of the angels said he at any time, that's God, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? And the writer of Hebrews is making out that Jesus is greater than anything you guys have ever read in the Old Testament. He's better than all the patriarchs, greater than the temple, the sacrifices, uh, the angels, any of that stuff. And he says, well, which of those angels did God say, sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Well, he didn't. But Paul goes on and he says this, and he talks about Christ. For he must reign till he hath put, how many? How many is that? All enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he hath put all things under his feet, but when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. In other words... The reason for the subjugation of the enemies of God and the enemies of Christ is for what? The glory of God. Isn't that what Paul tells us? Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that mm-hmm. what? Muhammad mm-hmm. is Lord? Nope. Buddha is Lord? Nope. The nope. New Age, whatever you want, is Lord? No. Jesus is Lord for the glory of God the Father. And yeah. that is the, that really is the message of hope, if you ask me, because... We have no hope in ourselves and we have no hope in man. We have our hope in Christ, the one who has not only uh, taken our sins and nailed them to his cross and made a spectacle of the demons and of Satan himself, but he is one who has redeemed us From the curse of the law, he has put us into the family of God, not by our doings, not because we were lovable or pretty, because you can see I ain't got any of that. But the fact of the matter is, he does it because he loves, and the reason that we love is because he loved us first. So we have nothing to boast about except the Christ who gave himself for us and the Father who sent his Son to die for us.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, Tim, that you would say that because— the Lord just shows us victory after victory. When we read the book of Revelation, what is it? It's victory after victory after victory. Yep. We're called to uh, to dominate. We're called to take uh, a precedent concerning the issues of the day. The Bible says that we're to occupy telly's tombs. That's that's military vernacular. And if you look at it, the word means to keep in possession, to possess or to keep for use. Uh, we're called to be on the offensive. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And and again, you know, when you look at scripture, Tim, and understanding who we are, we're promised the victory. Jesus came into the world to manifest himself, to destroy the works of the devil. The church has their language completely backwards in this country, and we need to get it back. And the way to get it back is just keep following the Christ and leading the way as we follow the Christ, who is the head of the church, who is the head of all principality and power. And and when we get back to that position in Christ, we're going to see more of those victories that our forefathers established through Christ in the church concerning the country that we have today. We can do this. Um, And Tim, if I can just finally say that I I always like to end conversations this way. People like to be encouraged. God is willing to give us what we're willing to fight for. But we got a first fight.
1: Yep, and there's a lot of people who are in uh, the chat and who listen who are in that fight. We, we know that we don't want to chastise everybody in the same way, uh, but in large part, the, the church has abandoned her post, and as a result of that, she's, uh, what do what they call a AWOL? Um, yeah. she, she's done that. In fact, in many cases, she's sided with the enemy. She's, she's in cahoots with the enemy. She's become a traitor. She's become, uh, you know, as the Bible says, she's got a for, uh, horse forehead. Uh, she's, she's riding the beast. And again, I recall years ago as a new Christian going to some of these conferences where they would you know teach the Bible and stuff. And, uh, you know, all these guys would get up and boldly proclaim the word and people would would stand up and applaud. And then they would bring in these politicians who are running for office. And these people, before they even speak, are applauding for, you know, untold minutes. And I I just always found that very odd, uh, especially when you had men who they were doing this for and they didn't seem like they were very Spiritual, if you you know what I'm saying. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Jim, I I, got to say this. Um, I don't know that I've ever shared this with you even. Uh, I did an event out in Rapid City, South Dakota. Uh, That was the time I was with Richard Mack, Sheriff Richard Mack. And I was asked by a senator and a couple uh, political people in that state to have dinner with them the following night. And uh, we went out. Of course, you get my wife and my boys. You don't get one without the other. And uh, we went up and we went upstairs into this restaurant. And when I walked in, Tim, I I kid you negative. When I walked in, there's probably 30 people at a table. And the minute I put my foot down on the floor, they all started clapping for me. And I was, I got to tell you, before God, I was offended. I turned around and started clapping at the person that was behind me, which was the waiter or the waitress. Because it's like the minute you start putting yourself and elevating yourself above the position that God has called you to be in, you better watch out. Take heed that you stand lest you fall. But I'll tell you what, people are very apt to uh, uh, look for the approbation and praise that of the arm of the flesh and of men rather than that of the Christ. And what we have to do is we just have to remain burning lights. And in the process of doing that, That the fire will be contagious concerning others, that they understand that that's a big no-no by putting man in any place where Christ belongs.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I, you know, I think of Paul when he talks about the the Corinthians, the same passage we're reading out of before, and you know, they would get on. Well, I like I like the way Paul gives it, or I like the way Apollos gives it, or you know, and he goes, Hey, was I crucified for you? Was Apollos? You know, were you baptized in the name? And, and I you know, some people do that with us in chat. Sometimes I see that, and I'm like, guys, stop. If you're getting something from me, fine. If you're getting something from Bradley, fine. But the fact of the matter is it really comes from God anyway. And, uh, you know, yeah, some people may have certain preferences, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is what does God say? Why do we not cheer God on? Why do we not obey his commands, even as I read out of Deuteronomy? Uh, Bradley, let me give you the last word here, and then we'll close out things.
0: Yeah, different giftings. Uh, Tim is a teacher. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And he's a good teacher. And uh, I'm not saying this because you're on the air. I would say this if I was on my show right now, Tim. Tim, you're a very good teacher. That's what you do. That's what you're good at. I am not that guy. I am the guy that says, hold the nail for me and let me drop the hammer. Um, and I go back to Jeremiah 23, 29, you brought up the reference of, "Is not my word like a fire, saith the Lord like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. I understand that anointing just a little bit, and I operate and walk in the light that the Lord has given unto me. So there's a distinction between me and you, but I think it's a good balance. Um, and I praise God for the opportunity to be working side by side with you, Tim. And uh, if anybody ever wants to try to divide that line, they're fools for their pains because Amen. I give no ear to it. In yep. um, understanding that there's different gifts in the body and the fact of the matter is we all come together and the end aim is to see glor- uh, Christ glorified. And I believe that's what we do on the Sons of Liberty morning show and afternoon show. So I praise God for the opportunity. And thanks for having me on again tonight, Tim. Yes. this yeah. morning, I'm sorry, Tim, I appreciate it. Yeah, it probably it.
1: feels like night there. It's still probably dark or whatever. We appreciate you getting <laughs> up early as well. And I, look, I'm of the same opinion because, you know, the, the the same book, Corinthians, talks, it goes on from what we talked about yesterday at 1 Corinthians 11. It goes on from, from 12 to 14. It talks about the different gifts of the body. And, you know, the body, I can't look at my hand and say, well, I don't need you. Or, sure. you know, my feet or even the... What does he say? The uncomely parts, you know, the the parts that are covered up. I I don't need you. All of them have an important function in the body. And without them, the whole body gets sick. And so, you know, we have different giftings. I got to tell you, I don't I don't desire the gifting that you have. I know Paul says that we should desire that. But I know I know how big of a burden that is to carry that kind of a gifting. Um, and it's a big burden to carry a gifting of of teaching to because we have to give an account for the things that we say. There's no question about that, and we will do that. And there's things, boy, I'll tell you, there's things in my life that I don't want to have to give an account for, but I know I'm going to have to. I mean, there's just no getting around it. So we appreciate you coming on, and I do think that we do present a message of hope. It's not one of doom and gloom. And um, oftentimes that is the thing that is most discouraging to hear from Christians is that somehow well it's just all going to go to hell in a handbasket. There's there's no concept of the fact that uh God has given us a dominion mandate that he is a he is a conquering God that he's a jealous God that he owns and rules over all things. You know, I got this stuff uh, yesterday saying, "Well, um, you know, Satan is the ruler of the earth." No, he's not. No, he's not. He he's like dog, he's like God's little dog on a leash, and God lets him go where he goes, and he goes no further. That's what yeah. he does. Read read That's the book right. of Job if you don't believe that. That's what he does. He's on a leash, and God uses him sometimes to bring in in judgment, but a lot of times just to test, like he did with Job, to prove that Job was the real deal, because. What is Satan? He's an accuser of the brethren. Oh, they're not really what they say. They're oh, okay. Go ahead and test them out. Show them, Show mm-hmm. let let that light shine before men, right? And glorify me. I'll let you do that. So I I totally agree. I appreciate you being on with us. Stay on, and I'll say goodbye to you after the show, guys. Catch Bradley today, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. SonsOfLibertyMedia dot com. And again, we'll be back on with Rotten of the Core Wednesday and the Common Core Diva, Lynn Taylor Demara. Don't miss it. See you then, Lord willing.